Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. We Anglicans don't stop on December 25th, but for us, December 25th is only the beginning. Amen? Merry Christmas. And also, Happy New Year's Eve. It's an interesting uh, conflation of two things. We celebrate uh, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the coming of the new year today. And if you're anything like me, New Year's Eve comes with a little bit of guilt. New Year's Eve reminds me of all those resolutions that I may have made about a year ago today. Resolutions are a tradition uh, for many of us to make, uh, going into the new year, things that we would like to do, things that we wish we would do, things that we know we ought to do, but don't. We make promises to ourselves such as, this year I am going to eat better. This year I'm going to work out more. This year I'm going to read my Bible a little more. This year I'm going to sin a little less. They're always very vague, aren't they? My wife has very good ones. She's like, I'm going to read this many books, but I'm just, I'm going to read more books because it's easier to uh, slip away from these resolutions if you just say more rather than put a number with it. But it's interesting that we have this desire just down deep inside of us to resolve to change ourselves. Here at this new year, we desire to renew ourselves through resolution. New Year's resolutions prove that down deep inside of us, we are unsatisfied with the way we find ourselves. We're unsatisfied with the way in which we find ourselves. We're anxious about the lack of progress towards our ideal self. Or maybe not even our ideal, but the world's ideal self, which it has imposed upon us. We are anxious for this self-improvement. And so we make resolutions to help us and goad us towards that better ideal self. We conceive for ourselves systems of self-betterment, seeking that good life, which we all desire. And it's tempting to approach Scripture the same way, to search the Scriptures looking for that system of life which we can impose upon ourselves for self-betterment, to bring about life within ourselves. And there are a lot of scriptures that seem to lend to this idea that if we keep God's word, it will be good for us. That if we keep his precepts, we will be heading towards the good life. But scripture is very clear that even though we know exactly what to do, it's been revealed in God's holy word. We do not do those things which we ought to do, and we do those things which we ought not to do. We are sinners. 
We are fallen people. Although we were made good in the beginning and placed in the garden to be with God forever, we decided for ourselves what was best. Rather than listening to God, we trusted in ourselves. We looked toward ourselves for what we thought was good. And so we were cast out of the presence of God and we were cursed with death. For God said, you shall surely die. And upon disobedience, this promise came true. Rejected by God, sent out into the wilderness to toil away, to uh, reap the benefits of that sinful disobedience, which we all inherit by nature. Our parents, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God, and therefore we are all sons of disobedience. This is how scripture talks about our nature, what we are in ourselves. We are sons of disobedience. We are sons of wrath. For, God, for Paul says that the wrath of God has been revealed against all the unrighteousness of men. All of our sin, all of our disobedience, all of our conceived self-improvement in the eyes of God is seen with wrath. He looks upon us and sees our sin, sees our disobedience, and has wrath upon it because disobedience from God leads to death. But God, here in this Christmas season, has shown his love toward us sinners in that while we were still sinners, he sent his son so that he might die for our sins. This is the good news of Christmas, that while we were sons of disobedience, God sent his only begotten son and was obedient to the law, obedient to the will of God, even unto death on a cross, so that the sons of disobedience might become sons of the living God. We, by nature, are sons of disobedience, children of the devil. But because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's appearance at Christmas and death on the cross and resurrection to new life, we have new life in him. This is the promise of Christmas, that we in Christ have new life and we are adopted as sons of God. This is what the Apostle John says. He highlights this fact at the beginning of his gospel, that those who believed in his name, those who believed in the incarnate word's name, those who saw the light which shined in the darkness and believed, he has given the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is supernatural. By nature, we are children of wrath. But because of God's grace, which he has shown to us in his son, Jesus Christ, we are sons of God. We who were dead in our trespasses and sins, God has made alive together with Christ. We were buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in the newness of life. This is a mystery. This 
is something that we cannot comprehend because it is not natural. By nature, we are dead. But God, when he shines his love upon us, when he looks at us in love and speaks his word of love at the grave, these dead bones live. The good news of Christmas is that the incarnate word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. And by beholding this savior, this incarnate word, we are transformed into his image. We are given new life. For many looked and beheld upon him, but only a few looked on him with eyes of faith. Who saw not only the Son of Man, but the Son of God. They saw who he said he was, sent from the Father to give new life, to give resurrection life to those who by nature never could have it themselves. In Christ, we are made alive and raised up to walk in newness of life. And this promise of new life, of resurrection life, flies in the face of all the resolutions that we could make. For all the resolutions that I've ever heard for New Year's Eve are minor tweaks. Read a little more. Eat a little better. Work out a little more. We all think we need a little improvement. But God looks upon us and says, these are dead bones. These are dead bones. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, but God's word does not stop there. He says to Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? And Ezekiel says, you know, O Lord. And God says that I will send my spirit within them. I will raise them up to newness of life. I will incorporate them into my beloved son by faith. For when we believe what God has said about us, what he has said and declared in his son, Jesus Christ, that sinners are justified by faith, that we who were dead are raised to life, that we who were sons of disobedience are made sons of God by faith. It is so. Martin Luther describes faith as a vibrant, courageous confidence in God's grace. A vibrant, courageous confidence in God's grace. Faith is not just mental assent. Faith is lively, it's courageous, it's confident before what we see here on earth. For we live in a dark and broken world, but by faith we see that light has shined in the darkness. By faith we see that although we, by faith we know that we are broken people, but also by faith we know that God is making alive those who were once dead. And he makes this visible by baptism. Paul says this, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In baptism, we are incorporated into the blessed Son of the Father. In baptism, we put on Christ. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, 
We put on his salvation like a robe. We put on his righteousness as if they are our clothes, but they are not our clothes. They are his clothes. They are his righteous garments for none is righteous before God, except the only begotten of the father who died for us so that we might live. And because we live, because we have this new life, this resurrection life, we have hope that this life is not all there is. For our Savior is the way, the truth, and the life. He is everlasting life. He is the resurrection and the life. And in Christ, we have received the blessing of Abraham. Namely, that we look to a city with, that, with a foundation. While on earth, Abraham lived in tents. But he looked towards that city with a foundation built by God. He knew that this life was not all there is. As beautiful as this life is in Christ, it is not our final hope. And in Christmas time, we know that Christ is coming again. Christmas comes at the heels of Advent, where we remember the second coming of our Lord. And in Christ, as a baptized Christian, by faith, we have hope. That at his return, he will say, come ye blessed children of my father in heaven. For by faith, we are sons of the living God. For the baptized, the promise is that you are no longer a slave, but a son. In baptism, you are a son of God. And if you are a son, you are an heir. An heir of God, an heir to inherit All that was promised to Abraham, namely the entire world, that city which will come down from heaven, which has a foundation built by God. For the foundation is Christ himself, the chief cornerstone of that temple of God in which he has come to dwell with us. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to be with us until that day where we shall see him face to face. This is the gospel of Christmas, that in Christ we have received the blessing of God, that in Christ these dead bones live, that in Christ we are children of the living God, that we will inherit the world. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives All fear is gone because I know he holds the future. I know that life is worth the living, namely because he lives. Because Jesus Christ lives, we have new life and we are made sons and daughters of the Most High. We do not need resolution, but rather we need regeneration. And here at Christmas time, we remember that new life, new birth comes through Jesus Christ. So as we look for that hope, let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may through thy grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.